Hey guys, this is Kara. And Nick. And we have a really fun episode for our second episode today. We're interviewing someone that is really special to us because he's the first person that we interviewed on our foster journey. Yeah, I'm really excited about this interview. This is His name's Ben Ashcraft. He's a marriage and family therapist, right? And um, yeah, like you said, he was, he was the one that really got us our first bit of information about foster care. I think he's been working with Utah Foster Care for a long time. He's really passionate about foster care, and he has a wealth of knowledge about um, about the topic. So I'm, be, I'm really excited. Yeah, it'll be really fun to just get his perspective, and um, let's let's get started. Let's do it. So, Ben, we're really excited to have you on the show, and like I alluded to, I think in our our Last podcast, we talked about me coming home one day and, and a stranger sitting on our couch <laughs> answering a bunch of questions, kind of, and that was kind of a surprise, and it was Ben. It's Ben. Oh, yeah. Ben was there. I, I don't know if you him. remember that, <laughs> I still remember. I mean, I don't remember everybody that I meet with, but yeah, I still remember that time coming <laughs> oh, out and meeting with you guys. that makes me feel special. <laughs> that does, because I imagine you sit in a lot of homes and answer a lot of questions about foster yes, care. Yes, I do, and I enjoy it. I love meeting with people in the community. This is just, I mean, some people... You know, everybody gets to do work and, you know, you have to make a living. But, you know, it's really a blessing when you get to do what you love for a living. Yeah. And, and it's just nice to be able to go out there and meet with people like, you know, Kara and Nick in the community and and people who are willing to open their hearts and homes to these children. What would you say the most common question you get is? Well, I'd say the most common response I get, well, when I'm out there in the community meeting with people, um, doing a community booth, a lot of people would say, I could never do it. Um, I can never give a child back, mm-hmm. um, which is a challenge. I mean, because the goal of foster care is really to reunify those children yeah. with their biological parents. But oftentimes, I mean, they end up being adopted. And I mean, you're, we're, we're, we are people of connection. Mm-hmm. And when we bring a child into our home, naturally we're going to connect with them. And, and yeah. I think there's a lot of fear associated with that out in the community that once I connect, how can I let go of this child who I've grown to love? Yeah. So. Yeah. What is your response to that? Um, my response, I just say, you know what? Your children, all children are going to leave someday. Yes. Some leave sooner <laughs> and some leave later. And, and you're going to grow attached. I tell them, you know what, if you're going to grow attached to that child and that's some of your fear, that's the kind of parent that we need to have. Exactly. Because we do need those type of people who will bond with these children, who will empathize with them, who will really help them feel like they're part of their family for the time that they're there. And if they can do that, then they're going to be a great foster parent. And, you know, it, it is hard. I mean... Even I, I have another foster parent who's done this for like 15, 20 years, and they say every time a child leaves their home, and they've already adopted so many that they really don't <laughs> even want to adopt anymore, but they continue yeah. to do it because they are passionate. But but they say even now when a child leaves their home, there's still there's still tears, and it's just hard because it's it's um because you love the children and and you know you know that they're hopefully going to go back to a good. Um, place with their parents that their parents will have made um, positive changes and and be able to provide a more safe and healthy environment for them and but you still you know you're you're gonna miss them yeah yeah and if you didn't feel that way maybe maybe it would be time to stop yeah yeah because that's got to be so important yeah for the child to feel that love 
Yeah, because they've all, I mean, all these children that come into foster care, one of the things to know is they've all been through some type of abuse or neglect, and so they've experienced trauma. And trauma changes people, changes children at a very young age, and it helps them to, you know, see the world in a different way. And they've got a lot of fears, a lot of um, uh, insecurities, you know, and they lose everything. I mean, can you imagine just being where we're as adults? I mean, can you imagine having your house taken away from you, all the things that you, you know, are familiar with, everything, your car, your, you know, your job, everything taken out right from underneath you and you have no control over it. You're going into the stranger's place and they're saying, well, this is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to do. You know, this, you can't see your, you know, you can't see your friends for, and so these children are experiencing trauma on that level and they, they just need to have those, um, homes that can really empathize with them that can really support them that can understand that that trauma that they've been through and you don't i i don't want to make it so big that you know people are afraid of it because sometimes people are intimidated they're going i I couldn't take that on yeah but but you don't have to be perfect you just have to be willing to open up your heart and your home to take these children in just if you're a good parent on your own or a good person that's really what it takes and the rest Mm -hmm. is just learning some basic skills of, of how to how to maybe work with these children and understand them in a different way than maybe what the typical person would be. Yeah, just like you said, having that empathy. I think people think, or sometimes you think, oh, I'm gosh, I'm doing such a nice thing or I'm you know, changing my life around this child so much. And you're kind of expecting they should see this nice thing that you're doing, but really for them, what you just described, they're losing everything. They're not they're not thrilled either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The very, at the very least, you know, they're just surviving. So I think that's so important, kind of understanding and having empathy for where they're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important, you know, to, to as a foster parent, to not get caught up in the lack of reciprocation of respect, like you just mentioned. All of the opening your life and your home and, and, and to your perception, giving this child such a great opportunity to be in a better situation. Well, that's not the way they see it. Mm-mm. And you've got to understand that. Like you mm-hmm. just mentioned, everything's changed. The world's turned upside down. Don't expect to have that reciprocation of love and respect back. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned, she asked, well, what's, the, what's the number one question you see in foster care? And, it sounded like you mentioned, well, I don't, I don't want to get too attached and have to give the child back. What about the other? What about I don't think I could do that? Like what you're, what you're speaking to right now. And what's, I think you said your, the main advice is you just have to be a normal parent. But to your point, what about what tools or, or what advice could you give people who I don't know? I guess I just want to. I guess I, I want you to explain that it is hard, but it's not that hard if you can <laughs> understand this or this or this. Like patience or long so what is it what is what is the key that makes regular people who are good parents but struggle with a difficult child what 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 is it that they need to have to be able to be a successful foster parent that magic formula you know (laughs) and and really i'll just say this i mean really anybody can do it because as as long as you yeah as long as you I'm going to say you just have to be a good person that cares about children and that's all it takes to be a good foster parent. You don't have to be perfect, but um, there are going to be both rewards and challenges. I mean, yeah, the, the, 
you're taking on a child and when you have your own children there's rewards and challenges you go through that teenage phase and you're like okay please let us <laughs> when are Can we this be end? <laughs> you know <laughs> and then when you're done with it you're like wow that was a lot of work but it was totally worth it mm-hmm. and and then you know you have that relationship those memories with that child and so it just means so much to be able to just be a basic parent in life and and you can look at fostering it's the same way i mean these children they're they're valuable um, people they've got a life they've got uh, you know their own feelings their own dreams their desires and and we if we see them in that light as you mm-hmm. said you know we can be able to connect with them so so you know magic formula I mean yeah. be able to just connect with the child you know be able to talk with them be able to relate from it from their world um, having that patience which I think is any parent has to have a level of patience now the reality is with foster children, because of the, the multiple levels of, of trauma, the different things that they've been through, you, you probably will have to have that extra degree of patience mm-hmm. that, that um, beyond maybe what your own biological children may require of you, mm-hmm. just because they've, they really have so much that they've, that they've gone through. And yeah. So. I remember just trying to kind of, I mean, I could never really organize it into categories, but having a preteen or a teen like a young teenager, all of the stuff that goes along with that, hormonal changes, everything for a girl especially, and then having the trauma, and then just having the like getting to know you, it's a lot, and it's a lot to kind of um, navigate through, but just having, like you say, that sense of patience of like, it's all gonna kind of settle as long as I'm, uh, I. I heard once someone said, just to be um, Velcro, like, you are an attachable surface. Mm-hmm. And if they want to attach, they it's there for them. And just kind of being patient and letting them do that when they can. But just, you're always Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I love thinking of it that way. Because it's just like, I'm just here, loving you. And whenever you want to come over and attach, I'll be there. Yeah. Well, and to Nick's point, I mean, that sometimes we, you know, if we become parents to, um, and I'm just talking about basic parents, if you believe that you're going to have a child and that child's going to fill an empty cup in your life, that's probably not going to happen. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> and and if you go into foster care just thinking these children are going to fill an empty cup in your life, I love that. they're not going to do that. You, you have to realize that um, you have to be in a good place your own self yeah. you have to be doing it because you care about this child and you want to better their life and so then when they don't reciprocate that love like Nick was saying because oftentimes they don't they don't know how yeah they, they, they really aren't in that place because they're so self-consumed with mm-hmm. all the, the the trauma and the, the things that they're going through that they don't know how to reciprocate it and and you know, I, I love how you know with my biological children, I've got some who are now adults, and you know, as teenagers, you know, they didn't reciprocate the love in the way that maybe I expected <laughs> or hoped for, you know. But now, as they're adults, they're looking back and they're going, "Oh man, I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad you, yeah. you know, set the boundaries around computer time or yeah. video games or whatever." But you know, at, at the, the time, time you're, like, you're the meanest. You know, all my friends get to play video games whenever they want to play. <laughs> <laughs> and so they don't realize it at the time. And that's, you know, you just have to take that same perspective with foster children. That they, you're really helping them, even if it may not seem like it. That's, even if you're not getting it back. That's such an important thing because I think a lot of people, that's just, that's how they know the communication is. Um, 
you behave like you're like whatever I'm doing is making you happy when you give a gift you want people to be happy and excited and that's what makes you feel good about giving it and if you gave a gift to someone and they just kind of like kicked it you'd be like well I shouldn't have even thought that (laughs) but with this situation it's really really important to just stay in the right mind frame where you know what you're doing is good and right and needed and making a difference even though you can't see it with your own eyes and you just have to believe it and it can be hard I'm you know I'm a confident you know grown woman and there were times where I just felt like I don't think I can take any more rejection today you know and then but you get through it and it definitely is worth it well, and that's what, and you guys are the real heroes to me. Oh, I mean, I, I go out there and, and I get to talk about it and I get to share my passion. But, but those people, I mean, as I look at the foster care community that we have here in, in St. George and Southern Utah, I just get to meet so many wonderful people mm-hmm. that are heroes in, in so many ways in taking these children in, working with them, having that patience, and, um, and changing these children's lives for the better. And, and, and I just, so many wonderful people. And, and I know sometimes I think in the past, you know, and, and uh, that there's maybe been a bad rap about, okay, foster parents, why do they do it? Are they just doing it for money or whatever? And, mm-hmm. and I, one of the things that I would say is to separate myth from reality, there's a lot of myths out there about mm-hmm. foster care. And lots of times people may be turned away from it or they, you know, turned off by it because of some of those myths that they've heard that either, you know, they, people just do it for money that these, you know, the foster parents really um, aren't really invested in the mm-hmm. children and, you know. Um, and the system itself gets such a bad rap that I think people think, oh, it's a crappy system. Why be part of that? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. the opposite. Yeah. If it's a crappy system and you know kids are being, you know. We should be flocking towards it to try yes. to improve it. I mean, yeah. that's really the goal of this, of this podcast and our foundation level is never waste a podcast is to re-educate or, or, or really tell the true story of what's going on and, and like you said and, and you started it I have one of my questions for you today was you started to answer it already is what is what is the biggest misconception you see about the branding of foster care about what people hear about foster care and and let's put some of those myths to bit to, to rest here today yeah so um, I, I think you mentioned what doing it for money do you think that's one of the biggest misconceptions i think it is i mean there may be a few people mm-hmm. that may do it for that but the primary the, the majority of people i go out and meet with people in their homes and i meet with people several times a week i mean right. who are interested in doing this and i just see them they're good people, good and, people. and and they just i i have to ask them you know what's your reason for wanting to do this and that's you know so we can just get an understanding of what what's their goals and what's their desire and and by and large they all just because either my parents did it before and I just grew some passion about it and I had you know some siblings growing up doing it or you know we just uh, we've had some neighbors that have done it before and we've seen the kids and the difference that they've been able to make in their lives and so it's just neat to hear all these reasons that people are wanting to do it and, and they're really good reasons that that people are passionate about this and and then to, to, to talk about the other myth that I think that it came back to my mind that these kids are so challenging mm, you know that's right. what people are just mm-hmm. scared away because they're like i could never do it because those kids are re- really just hard the the reality is that the 
children that come into the Division of Child and Family Services, you know, are come in of no fault of their own. Right. They have, um, they've been abused or neglected or they've been left dependent. Those, one of those criteria have to be met, but it's of no fault of theirs. Now they're going to have some maybe challenging behaviors because of the trauma they've been through, but, but some people are thinking, okay, I'm going to take this troubled youth into my home. And it's not, it's not like that. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so don't be scared off by thinking, okay, this child's just going to come in and and destroy the family that, the we, family have, that we have or the, yeah. the children be a bad influence on my children yes i hear that a lot yeah and and it's you know will they be an influence on your children yes <laughs> will will your children learn some things that maybe they wouldn't have learned otherwise yes but it's not all bad it's it's right. actually can be really good and help their eyes to be open right. yes. to um being more empathetic to being more understanding passionate towards i mean they'll they'll likely grow up to be better adults because, because of, of it because of it yeah i always think that people um are so worried that it's going to inconvenience their children and i just think of all the memoirs and biographies i've read of amazing incredible people for some reason their lives weren't just the most convenient thing ever they had challenges and those challenges made them better people and i think as parents we forget that we think oh we gotta make it so easy on them thinking that better than i had it it what better recipe for success for a child is inconvenience you know inconvenience but for such an important reason right. for loving people so to have challenges through that i can't think of a better way to learn and grow than to learn how to love people that are struggling and give up a little bit of what you have for them and that's by far the best thing um the best surprise i guess from our experience is just how how much of a positive impact it had on our biological kids Mm -hmm. just the way that i mean they adore each other i feel like we have five kids who get along they're all different ages and and they get along different personalities probably better than any kids i've ever been around and it just seems like one of the one of the positives and not that that's going to happen every time but for us it just was it was it's been really cool to watch them just learn how to love each other that was a concern of mine you know Mm -hmm. bringing other influences into you know i'm supposed to protect my home and um, absolutely that's a that's a dad thing yeah that's a dad thing and i think it's fine i think it's good i think it shows that you're a you know that you care and but what a great opportunity to bring I mean your kids are going to be exposed to all sorts of things one way or another it's probably better that they're exposed to it in your home when when you around you you have the opportunity to kind of coach them through it and show them what's acceptable what's not acceptable and what's what deserves empathy and what deserves you know to be ignored or I think it's a I think it's a great experience for your kids to learn that, yeah. to see the other side of that, and, and really to learn empathy and compassion. I mean, what, what better traits can you teach your, your kids? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just, that's just, so I mean, some people are scared off because of these certain, you know, things that they, perceptions that have been out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, foster care has evolved over the last 30, 40 years, 
we're in so much a better place than we were before. I mean, I think there's a lot more understanding that society has about, you know, trauma and empathy and, and how to how to work with these children who have been in these situations. We're a lot more protective of them. And so we've come a long ways and, and I'm and I'm happy for that. We're a better society as as, as a result of that. But um, So you say foster care's come a long way. Um, how can we make it even better? Like what what, what what are the challenges now, and what kinds of things can we do? I have my opinion, but I want to hear what Okay, yeah, and I'll be curious to hear what your opinion <laughs> is. Yeah, so one of the things that I think is really important, so there's a need out there, and um, some people may not even realize that there's a need. Ten years ago, um, before I got into you know working with the state and working with the foster care program, I didn't know much about foster care. I didn't even have any interest in it. I just... I. I all I'd actually seen was, you know, ads in the newspaper that say, you know, you can make, uh, you know, $700 a month taking in a foster child. I'm like, hmm, okay, well, I don't know, maybe I could make some money, but I just hadn't even occurred to me what foster care is. And and so the, the need is for us to be more educated as a community about what it is. These children that are coming in who have been abused, neglected, or left dependent, and then for us as a community to recognize that there is a need out there that we can we can help fill that need. So to just be willing to open up your heart and home and recognize that you don't have to be that perfect parent to be able to fill that need. Um, currently we have, I was in a meeting a couple months ago at the state and so we have about, um, of the children that come into care, they come in about 35 to 40 percent of them will actually reunify with their biological parents. That's over that year period of time that they give the the parents to, to try to work on their service plan, make the changes to be able to get the, the children back in the home. And um, so that's, that's for me, that's kind of sad because I mm-hmm. think you know, when the children come into this world, the best place for them is going to be to be raised by the people who gave them birth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, and, and I, I wish that they could more often than not be able to have that. And, and so, but to think only about what 40% of those children end up going back and so the other 60% of the children, we've got to find some permanency mm-hmm. um, for those children. And so, you, you know, talking about the need is the better we can find a match for those children to be able to be raised in an environment that works for them, that helps them to develop into a healthy adult, the, the better we're going to help society and we're going to help mm-hmm. these children become contributing members to society in a positive way. And so, so that's what... If you have the avail- availability in your home, you have the capacity, you can, you you can do that. Just recognize that you're needed to be able to to, to take these children in and and to find that permanency option. I mean, if it if it turns into an adoption, then then that's you know lots of families are interested in adopting, and and there's a lot of times that foster care does turn into an adoption, even though the goal is to reunify them. But 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 you either way, you're going to be able to have that be able to meet that need of, of helping that child um, through mm-hmm. a difficult time and if in the event that you were able to adopt them you can provide that permanency because w- one of the things is when we're trying to, to a child comes into care you know they they call the resource family consultant that I was for four years and they say okay we need a home for these this, these children and you go okay well let's look at the families that are available in the area you've got to match these children with a family that's going to best meet that child's need. And so you look through the list and, and the more families that we have available on that list, 
with that have different dynamics that, that can be a good match for that child the better the more selective you can be yeah yeah we can because it's really about finding the best match for that child not necessarily yes. just okay, finding but, somewhere to land yeah exactly i love that because you think of you know just finding a spouse or finding you you have to look around a lot and to just think any home just whatever home we have available to think the idea of you being able to look at the options and have some options and pick the right fit that's just such an exciting thought that caseworkers could have that yeah it was really nice when i get a placement i could say okay we have about you know five or six different families that would be really good families that would all have um an interest in taking this child or the sibling group into their home and uh what was really hard was when i'm going man with this situation I don't have a family that's that's really gonna you know in a place and so I'm calling you know different families and just trying to hope that one of them would be willing to take them into their home and so because we do have some some you know maybe a, a an infant comes into care you know we have a whole lot of families that would just be quickly opening up their heart and home you know I call I could call like maybe 10 people right you know, and they'd all say yeah yeah sure but when we have a, a, a teenager um, that is that the hardest a, placement teenage teenage boy teenage girl yeah teenagers probably teenage boy might be the hardest I would think and then um, sibling groups if we have a large sibling group of like you know three or four or something and we want to keep those siblings together if yeah. at all possible I mean you're already being traumatized by being removed from your your home with your parents and all the things being taken away and then you lose your siblings and that's just that's really hard for these for these kids and so we want to keep them together and and it one of the hardest moments that I had when I first started working for the state was where I had made a placement of these three children in this home it was a single mom that had taken in the children and um, I think the circumstances after about a month or two the circumstances in her home had changed with the job or something and so she it was just too overwhelming for her to to have them mm-hmm. and so she called us and said I, I just can't I, I can't do this mm-hmm. um, at this point I, I mean I, I could I could keep two of them but I couldn't keep three of them I, and it might have had to do even with space in her car or something so uh, one of the hardest things was when I had to sit there and, and the, there was the one child that was going to a different placement oh. and I had to sit there and tell that child and the and the siblings that you're going to be split up brutal it was it was I mean heart-wrenching for me and and I'm not even the one experiencing right. it yeah and and so yeah it was that was that was a hard moment and and so to just think if, if we can um, have the resources available to prevent that, um, to have been able to say, okay, you know, we have a home that can take all three of you in. Um, yeah, you may have to move placements, but you can move to a home where all three of you could stay together. That yeah. would have been awesome. Yeah, so, so so important. So what is the current situation, say nationwide? Number of, of children in foster care versus number of licensed foster families do you know you know you probably I, know the utah statistics yeah i don't know nationwide i mean i would say that on average it's like two to one we we have twice as many children, children. as we usually have so you parents. can't be uh, the current situation of the foster care at large 
mm-hmm. if we if we're talking about you know what foster care needs the current situation is you can't be selective yeah very often and so i think that my remedy is similar to your remedy and my my goal for foster care is similar to yours is it's just flooding the system with with parents mm-hmm. flooding the system with homes flooding the system with but I remember when I looked at the statistics with Utah, I don't, I don't, how many kids in foster care in Utah? So in Utah, we have about, I believe it's about 2,600 kids. 2,600 kids. Yeah. So, and then we have about, you know, 12 to 1,300 foster families. So foster it's about families. that two to one yeah. ratio. And um, down here in Southern Utah, we've got, I think it's around 200 of those children that are down here in Southern Utah. Um, you know, and it's always fluctuating up and down you know depending on I'm sure some states are worse some states are are in better situation but I think I think the consensus or or at least around the US is like you said um, two to one Um, but in Utah three thousand you know yeah about 25 2600 2600 kids I think I did some some funny math one time but I think it's pretty close Um, I Google and stuff I I found out that there were about seven hundred thousand Households in 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 Utah, you know, so seven hundred thousand potential foster homes, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that numbers <laughs> greatly outweighs the twenty five hundred kids that are in care of these. So it's a very very attainable goal to have more foster parent ready families. Yeah. Than 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 the need for foster care, and then that would make your job so much easier when selecting the right home. You could be very selective. You could. You know, you could have foster parents fighting over who they get. You know, <laughs> yeah. what a great situation that would be. Um, and I think that's kind of um, our goal is just to inspire regular people to get involved. Because my other question for you is why are you so, you're obviously passionate about foster care. Why? I, I, think, I think you've kind of answered that over and over and over. You just... I don't know what you could do that would make more of a difference for humanity than to be a soft place, a strong place for a child to land when they're going through trauma and to kind of help them navigate those difficult years to where maybe potentially they could grow into a functioning adult that can contribute to society and to the future what if you're looking to make a difference and there's only so much that you can do financially or or whatever you you said this is something that anybody can do Mm -hmm. if you care about kids yeah i mean that's a lot of people out there and that's a whole lot you're looking for something to do to make a real difference something and you're not trying to fill a void, like you said. Like if, yeah. if you're trying to fill a void in your life, it might not be for you. But if you're really trying to, what can I do it with my life to make a difference? I can't think of anything more impactful than, than being a foster parent. Yeah, I mean, well, you've heard children. Children are our future. Yeah, that's that's what our you know, in just you know. 40 years, we're going to have a whole different generation, or less than that, a whole different generation that's going to be um, running the, our yeah. country, our, our world, you know, and so those are our children, and, and yeah. so they're, they're the future, and it, 
and the other catchphrase, you know, it takes a community to raise a child. Right. And and with these children, yeah, the, the, the foster care system is something that really has that opportunity to, to step up, be that community that helps that, to raise that child into a healthy adult. And, and you're right, I mean, what, what better way than to, to, to open your heart home to those children and make that difference? Because it is, you're gonna make a difference. And, and, and sometimes I, I, I just look at, I think there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, that's really nice, that, that'd be really you know, cool. And there'll be somebody else that will do foster care. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. It's just somebody else. You know? Somebody will do it. Somebody will do it. And, and I'm really appreciative. And I have lots of people at the booth that will say, oh, those people I just, you know, really honor and value those people who will do foster care. They're just my heroes. And you can well, be one of those you people. Can be, yeah, exactly. You can be really impressed with yourself. <laughs> you could do that. And, and, and a lot of people may not even think about that because life is busy and we've yeah. always got things going on. And I, and there's a lot of people that I that I reach out to that end up even contacting me and and end up not following through mm-hmm. with becoming foster parents just because life if if you're waiting for a moment where life is just gonna say okay we're gonna slow down you know here you, can you just go get all your ducks in a row you'll be waiting a long time yeah you won't be it won't be happening so it's kind of just parenthood though right yep. I mean when is a good time to get really fat and sick and waddle around <laughs> for nine months it's never fun but we do it. Yeah. We do it, and why do we do it? We do it because we want to take care of somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I, it's really not that much different. Yeah, I like, I love that perspective. That is so, <laughs> that's so good. There's so much sacrifice in parenthood, yeah. you know, and that's why it's so special. Mm-hmm. It's such a special thing that we get to do. I have a question though. Uh-huh. Um, when you do interview people, what would you say the most common thing, or some of the things you hear for what? drew them to becoming a foster parent so and i mean quite honest i we have a lot in the community that um either um have not been able to have children mm-hmm. or they have um maybe they've had a couple of children but really hard pregnancies and mm-hmm. and so but they still continue to, to um, want to have a large family themselves and so they they're drawn to it because it's it's a way of of having an influence on children in Mm -hmm. their lives you know whether Mm -hmm. they're able to adopt them or whether they're able to just foster them and have that experience of being a parent so i have a lot of people in the community that's one of the the biggest things and i understand that because i mean i don't know what my life would be like without my children it Mm -hmm. would it would certainly feel a lot more empty yeah (laughs) and so i i get that and and so that's a lot of them and then i'd say a lot of them they also are just they've had in some way foster care has touched their life. Either they've had their parents that did it when they were growing up, or they had a grandparent that did it, or they've got a friend when they were growing up that they were friends with, a, a child that was in foster care. Um, somehow, they, they their eyes and, and mind was opened up to the possibility of being able to, to, to touch somebody's life uh, through the foster care system. And so, so something triggered that interest in them, and and that's really neat when I get to hear I those love stories. That. Yeah, that's how that's how I got interested was through my aunt, and so it's kind of cool to think that she was you know she was able to be the mother to four four kids that she adopted, but that her influence affected my kids and will affect their kids, and mm-hmm. it really is a ripple effect. That's that's yeah. kind of you know overwhelming to think of. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just being that person that someone knows. You know, everyone knows these horror stories. Mm-hmm. But 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 what if you got to be their neighbor or their friend or their aunt that that they were like, no, that was a really cool experience and it seemed positive. Maybe I would be interested in that. Yeah. When I like it, as you said, that horror story thing, you know, you look out there at the media. Um, bad media gets a whole lot more <sighs> press than mm-hmm. good media. And so when there, there are some horror stories with foster care. With anything. With anything you do, you know, and so... But if you just trust, okay, well, oh, wow, this horror story, that's what, it, that's, that's what foster care is all about, you're missing the boat because really those are just overhyped media type of things that go out. But by and large, foster care is just the day-to-day, you know, raising children that, that have, you know, have challenges. And so yeah. it's just, that's, that's the reality of foster care. And, and I think, you know, going back to Nick's point about 700 thousand households um, in Utah and I, you just look at that and I, I look at even if a if a person was saying you know what we could help out what you have to do is I mean you do have to do some work you have to get you know certified as a foster mm-hmm. parent um, by doing some training classes there's about 30 hours total 30 hours I mean what 24 hours in a day I mean it's, it's, it's not, not that big of a deal not that big and of they're a deal. enjoyable you learn quite a bit yeah, mm-hmm. it helps you to be a better parent for your own yeah, children. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And and so you do. Every those... parent should take them, regardless. <laughs> I, I agree. I, <laughs> I absolutely agree. So so those thirty hours of training, you do that, you get certified. And what if you know you may wait for a little while? Maybe you're not even saying. Yeah, that's I need what to have she. A home. That's that was her plan. That's how she duped me into this whole thing. Baby steps. <laughs> she said, "Let's just get started. Let's start going to the classes, and we'll see what happens." Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but even if if, if we had um, just a fraction of that seven hundred households, yeah. seven hundred thousand, that that would just say, you know what? Hey, maybe we'll not get placed with. Maybe we will, but we'll be available resource. Yes, we'll be ready. We'll be there yep. for them when they need us. And and if we end up being a good match, and they find that that we're a good match for that child, great. If we end up not getting placed with, then we just we we. We went through some training. We got educated. We learned, you know, and and it's and we're better people for it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Just being ready. Mm-hmm. And the foster parents, once you're licensed, you can be selective yourself. Like you can say no, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell me everything you know about this child, or you can, you know, we're taking this age group, um, mm-hmm. type thing, right? Well, well, and why we do that is some people think because um, I've had some people I interview, they're like. Well, we just want to have this certain age group, you know, and that may sound selfish. And, and I say, no, it's not really. I mean, we do encourage you to be, you know, willing to consider and, and, and stretch yourself. Yes. I mean, because lots of times you stretch yourself and that's where you really find out what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also know that everybody can, they have their capacity. They have right. their, their yeah. what they're really good at. And so we want them to specify what's going to be a good preference, an age group, whether they can take in siblings, because we want these homes to be successful. Right. And, yes. And if they're going Bottom to, line. if you just, if you didn't have a preference, you just took whatever came, it may or may not work. But if you could say, hey, this is what we're really good at. This is an age group that we can really work well with then you're more likely to have that placement be successful. It's going to be a better environment for the child. It's going to be a better experience for you as a parent. And so we, we do 
absolutely we want people to be able to specify this is what's a best fit for our family. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because the two things I was worried about or that we were worried about was too close in age and teenagers. And two, and, and <laughs> so we have two that are in the older. same grade. <laughs> wow. Okay. So we beat it. We, we went ahead and rolled with well, the Well, we were worried about too close in age and, and someone um, older than being our older than oldest. our oldest. And, and, she's, and she's 10 years older than our oldest. <laughs> and that, I mean, it's, it's really a and perfect like fit. Like you said, people find out what they're capable of. Not only were we capable of that, but it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us. I feel like yeah. there's 100% no question that's that we my daughter. were meant to that's be her parents. Boy. Yeah, and we never in it. I remember when Kara called me and said, "There, they just called, and there's a uh, a teenager." <laughs> and and I said, "Kara, that's under. not the plan. That was never the plan. <laughs> that well, and, and, oh, I know, I know. I I just they just called. I just thought I'd tell you. And that weekend, she was at our house, and she's never left. Yeah, five See? four years ago." Yeah, but I just think I really honor and value that, that the people who can kind of think outside the box. Yeah. I mean, and it's not for everybody, but but lots of times we're more capable of things than we imagine. And I remember when I was doing placements um, and there was a teenager that came into care, a teenage girl, and and um, I just had this one family in mind that it just felt like they'd be good, but they had said they just wanted zero to five. That, that was us. Was that us? <laughs> no, it was a different family. Okay, yeah, that yeah. sounds very similar to us. <laughs> Same type of thing, but I... You did it. Yeah, that's right. It was. <laughs> I'd already worked at Utah Foster Care at that point, so I, I wasn't doing that anymore. But it was a similar type of family as you, and they said they, they had some young children in their home already, and I just called them and said, hey, um, I know this isn't necessarily your preference, but... But I would just... Um, we've got this teenage girl, and, and she needs a home. Here's the situation, and... And I said, you know, you need some time to think about it. And they said, yeah. So, so the, I talked to the wife, and she called her husband and talked to her husband. And it was probably about maybe 30 minutes later, um, they called me and said, we'll take her. And I'm wow. like, really? Okay. Yeah, well, do you want to meet her? They're like, no, we don't need to meet her. Well, wow. let's take wow. her. I'm like, wow. okay. You know, and, and, and it went, and it, was, it worked out very well. Um, worked out very well for yeah. them. And, and so that's... Those are the things that I really love to see, where mm-hmm. people will will think about it. They'll sometimes they pray about it. I mean, and they get that feeling that and say, feeling. "No, this is this is right for us." And it, and it definitely it was right for them. It was right for you guys. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, when I got the call, I did. I just felt that feeling that you're talking about, and I ta- I've talked to that caseworker since, and she kind of on the phone call was like, "Does it, it says you're taking 14, right?" <laughs> but then later I talked to her, and she was like, "Yeah." I don't know. I just felt like maybe you guys would want her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. It worked out. And so, and yeah, and, that, and that's been a real blessing. Because I, I don't really feel like I'm anything special in the sense that when I was doing those placements, I'd have a lot of the families that would just say, you know, you you were guided in yeah. placing them in our yeah. home. And I'm like, I don't know that I was guided. Sometimes I felt desperate, but, but mm-hmm. you know, but it some of those situations really ended up in in a, in a really positive way and yeah. that family felt like they were united um, with a child that that you know filled that um, 
you know filled that place and and that mm-hmm. they were just a good match together and mm-hmm. and and it's neat to be just be able to be part of that to experience it even though i know that for me it's like i i'm just trying to make the best decisions i can yeah but, and and to but, your point of being guided or not that's an interesting thing that you bring up and i think that's probably a little bit of of both guidance and desperation but also just giving people the opportunity to make a choice and to un- and then they make that choice and then they realize they are capable of so much more than they they thought they were it mo- maybe it wasn't necessarily it was destined to be that way but it was they made a a choice took a chance and realized we can do this maybe a bunch of other people could have done it done it too but maybe it wasn't destiny but it was just like you said people aren't they don't realize what they're capable of and then they give you give them that opportunity and they realize that they are capable of, of that and it doesn't necessarily have to be destiny it's just giving kind-hearted people an opportunity to make a good decision and it works out mm-hmm. but I can tell you from a parent perspective just you just hearing your name or seeing you because you were such a big part of our journey getting us there and feeling supported and cared about I just have so much love for you and Oh, thank and you, yeah. the part that you play in our story means so much to me. So I'm sure there's parents all over town that feel that yeah. way. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And do feel that there is, you know, so much guidance there and and mm-hmm. it's appreciated. Yeah, well, very. Yes, thank you. And I just love, and that's what I said. I mean, I just love the job, that the opportunity I have to work with people and, and just, you know, I feel like every day I'm making a difference in, yeah. in the world, yeah. in our community. You and, are. and and, you know, and um, I don't always get to you know, choose how that in, uh, that impacts a family, but it's but I I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to, to be a part of of you know our uh, helping a child in, in in their life. So well, thank you. Well, thank you, thank you so much for for coming on and spending some time with us. Um, it was really really great to get that insight and that uh, expert opinion and knowledge about the system i really appreciate it thanks a lot ben. any final words yeah you've got you've got a captive audience of hundreds <laughs> of thousands of listeners oh. okay, maybe not yet but there will be eventually. hey that's that's right and eventually you know always go back to podcast they number always one. Yeah. Go back to this always one. go back to one so what what oh. any parting words to share with perspective foster parents well one i just want to thank you guys for being willing to invite um, me on and, and give me that thank opportunity you. to be able to talk about you know foster care and, and the need that we have out there in the community and and just i just really uh, i would just encourage you to to get outside your busy world and to consider it yes. to think about it and just see if it's if it's something that might be a good fit for you um, it's not necessarily going to be a right time now is the right time because life is always going to be busy there's always going to be things going on and and if you do um, if you're curious and you want more information there's a couple different things you can do first um, probably simplest is just to go to utahfostercare.org and we've got a great website there that you can go and um, learn a whole lot of information about the foster care program by just searching it on the internet Um, there's also a calendar on the um, on the front page where they have different events that are coming up where you can actually go to those events um, meet with current foster parents that are in your community hear their stories so you can get really a hands-on experience 
um, from them about how how it's going to look, you know, and um, and then you know, so so go to utahfostercare.org, go to that event, and then the next step would be that you would just reach out to our office and say, hey, I wanna I wanna start the process, and I just come out to your home and meet with you for about an hour and and talk to you about the details, you know, like I did in your home. I sat right. down for an hour and. You know, Nick got to come home to a stranger in the house <laughs> talking about how this program all works. And because we really do want you to, to kind of have a have an understanding. I mean, how much can you really share in an hour? But I do try to give a really good overview of what the program looks like, what to expect, you know, some of the rewards, some of the challenges, and try to help them understand how that program works. And that's just a consultation that we have. And then from there, you just go on and do the training classes, fill out the application, do a home study and then you're licensed and ready to take children in to your home and usually take something for for people you can you can probably plan on about um, two months to six months depending on how proactive you are to, to finalize that licensing process awesome okay. and then uh, for just to just re- I really appreciate you uh, giving them some guidance but um, for some of our listeners who may not be in in the state of Utah, other states, I think we have uh, a lot of that information nationwide on our website, loveisneverwasted.org. Is that right? Um, so for some of the other uh, jurisdictions and yeah. some of the other foster care and some of the other states. So that's a, those are really good resources to get started and to, uh, like yeah. you said, to familiarize yourself with. Yeah. Oh, and I love that movie, by the way. So thank oh, you yeah. so much. That was that's just a really good perspective um, that you. helps people see um, so many aspects of the foster care system, and and I think it's really powerful to just have those resources out there for people to to, to access. And so, thanks for promoting and helping you know yeah. put that thank out you. there. And and then yeah, and every every state. I mean, foster care is basically a statewide state. Um, usually within the state. Sometimes it's just based on the county, mm-hmm. but they. Um, but most states are going to be very similar to what our state is. And some states may have a greater need than we do. We, we really have a great state. I think that, as I said, you know, we've got a lot of people who are great foster parents yeah. awesome. um, uh, that are able to step up and, and help out with the need. And, but we can always use more. Always. <laughs> okay, well, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching this episode. If this touched your heart at all, and if you want to be a part of this movement to make sure kids get families and parents, be sure to comment on this podcast. The more people that can hear this, the bigger difference that we can make. So comment, leave a rating, um, follow us on Instagram, go to our website, watch our film, loveisneverwasted.org, and get information. Thank you so much.